Hey guys, it's Hannah here. How you going? I'm joined in the studio by Alex Whitty. Hey guys, how's it going? And we are about to interview Scott Holiday from the band Rival Sons. How are you going, Scott? Hello. I'm doing all right. How are you fine folks doing? Yeah, good. Where about to you at the moment? Uh, I just landed in Auckland right now. Awesome. Like literally got bust over to the uh, the hotel and I'm kind of unpacking while I talk to you guys. Awesome. <laughs> so we just saw you in Adelaide when you opened up for Black Sabbath. It was absolutely insane. Do you find the crowds different at every venue you play at? Um, yeah. I mean, they're different. We get asked this all the time. Do you notice a difference in the crowds from, like, country to country or city to city or whatever, you know, and what's the major difference? You know, when it's our own show, headline shows, it's harder to tell the difference because for us it's like our crowd and you notice more of a community and uh, similarities and differences. But being a Sabbath show, it's very different because really those people are really coming to see their favorite heavy metal band go out. You know what I mean? Definitely. So if anybody wants to even listen to us, we're we're actually pretty grateful. <laughs> so you just, um, yeah, go on. Yeah, no, so I, it's hard to tell city to city. There's always like a rowdier city or a more mellow city. It's hard to say. Um, so you're playing... I think, uh, uh, yeah, so you're playing... I think Radelaide, I think Radelaide was great. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. We were right in the wash pit. Yeah, right in the wash pit. We up front. <laughs> so just going back, to, you're playing to sell out shows now. When you first started off, were you just playing to little gigs to a handful of people or has it always been um, absolutely crazy the whole time? No, of course, just like any band. I mean, we've been like basically earning it one fan at a time. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So, I mean, we, we all were in bands previously. So, for for where we're from, Huntington Beach, Long Beach, like that area, Los Angeles, we were kind of a Voltron band for our area because each guy in the band had like signed deals and played with a lot of different people. So we had an audience already, but we played plenty of uh, um, small joints. And then when we went across the United States the first times, so we played to nobody. Yeah. You know, we went went across and like. Played the the barkeep and the promoter, and they were flipping their shit out. They were loving it, so we knew we were doing something right. Cause awesome. At least the two people who were there were loving it, but um, it grew it grew pretty quick. So just quickly, Scott, can you just outline <laughs> your musical journey and what first drew you into being into the metal and the rock scene? Um, I have no idea how we're even in the metal scene, to be totally honest. But oh, really? we're basically because we're basically a, a blues-based, soul-based um, rock and roll band. You know what I mean? Yeah. I guess I guess the, the metal scene has just accepted us. And coming from uh, Eric Records as well, our label is uh, based out of, uh, of the UK and is like the premier death metal label. And they signed a. a blues-based rock and roll kind of thing and um yeah we do things like hellfest and stuff i have no idea how, how that how we got accepted by that audience but um god bless them um hi scott um you're currently on tour with black sabbath uh what really happens backstage do you get into any trouble or anything can you give us a bit of gold <laughs> what's the backstage goth scott <laughs> <laughs> um it's, to be honest, we take the we take the music part of it very seriously, and it's uh, you know, we do fill dates even though Sabbath won't. Um, they're like one on one off kind of thing. We we keep playing, 
So we can't be too naughty, and we have to keep our heads on very straight to be able to deliver a good show every night. When we headline their like hour and a half, two hour shows with Sabbath every night, it's like forty five minutes or whatever. Yeah. Um, so there is some debauchery. I won't lie to you. <laughs> there is some. There is some foul play. You, you've got to keep the rock and roll going, Scott. <laughs> there's, there's a bit of rock and roll happening. I, if I, you know, if said anything else, I'd be lying. But um, we, we keep it pretty legit as well. Yeah. 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 So, um, how did you get to supporting Black Sabbath? Um, yeah, that's interesting. We were actually playing uh, an awards show for Classic Rock Magazine, and um, they asked us to play. Of course, we want to play because the audience isn't like a regular audience. It's um, all people that are nominated for awards or super famous. It's basically the who's who of Classic yeah, Rock. Awesome. So it's basically all your heroes, and the audience were like, hell yes, we will do that. And uh, we're buddies with Sammy Hagar, and Sammy was uh, hosting it. That's so we're crazy. Like, this is gonna be, it'll be a good time, and a few of our other super friends were going to be there and playing and stuff. So we were like, okay, let's do it. And we played. We did, I think, only like two songs or something is what they gave us. And the, uh, our heroes actually gave us a, a standing ovation, that, which was very unreal. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Wow. super hard, super heartwarming. But Scott, little tear, walk off stage, and then Ozzy and Sharon were in the front row there. Oh my God, you must have so some. They, um, how do you remain calm? Yeah. I, it's once you're up there and we're engaging in the music, we're not thinking at all like about nerves or anything like that. We're just playing the songs. It's kind of like goes into autopilot mode. But um, Sharon and, uh, and Ozzy came back with the kids and stuff, and um, the whole family was there. It was pretty cool. They all came back and. Ozzy, uh, Ozzy came back and shuffled over. Honestly, honestly, man, it's the best band I've seen in years. Come on, man, it's great, it's fucking great. Teach, teach me how to do that impersonation. That was great. <laughs> and then Sharon came over. She goes, seriously, we love you guys. Oh my god, you guys are great. Do the tour. Do the tour with us. Okay, yeah, I love that. Definitely. Hey, Black, yeah. <laughs> Black Sabbath, they're not the only band, though, you've been on the road with. You've opened for other acts, such as Aerosmith, like ACDC. What's that like? It's, you know, we get to tour with um, our heroes. It's, it's been really, really fantastic. It must be. You know, but it's, yeah, it's great. Even groups like, um, even going out with, like, Slash, who's, these guys are all friends oh, now, which is weird to amazing. me forever. Uh, that, it's weird, right? And Slash is a very normal guy. You're hanging out with him, and we're talking <laughs> guitars and just normal BS. And I do, every, like, few hours, have to go, dude, Slash! Yeah, dude, I like um, all Oh, my God. That would be amazing. I, I'm just like, I think I'll wet my pants. Hey. <laughs> As a fellow guitarist, that's, that'd be like, yeah. that's the dream. Ali, Alex, uh, Alex sitting next to me here is a busker, and he's really into guitar, so I'm going to hand it over to him now for a bit to just ask you some more uh, musical questions about your actual technique and playing and your equipment that you use. Let's get dorky. <laughs> <laughs> so how long have you been playing? Uh, I started playing probably like 11, 12 years old is about when I started, like 11 with a classical guitar, gunstring yeah. guitar. Yeah, that's what I started and, with. Um, <laughs> that's how it goes. It's like the cheap guitar. It's the one your parents get you in case you're just going through a phase, <laughs> like basically almost free, the guitar. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, and then I moved to a, um electric. I got an electric from an uncle uh, the following year when I was 12 and got all into it after that, pretty heavy onto it. That's awesome. Um, so what kind of influences did you like listen to growing up? Did your parents have 
any like effect on that? Major effect. Yeah, my my um, parents and their brothers and sisters, my aunties and uncles, they were you know a pretty broad age span, and they were like party. They partied a lot. They you know we lived. <laughs> in the desert, high desert in uh, California, and they would throw, like, off-road parties where all of our friends would come in and camp <laughs> on our property up in the desert, and, like, ra- they would rage. Yeah, I thought yeah, that was just a normal thing parents did, but now that I'm older with kids, I'm thinking, holy shit, you guys are raging. Are you a cool dad, like, Scott? I'm so- um, I mean, I'm on tour with Black Sabbath. <laughs> come on. Yeah. So, um... <laughs> Have you always yeah, been there, so like all that, all that music? Yeah, they, there was always rock and roll, very prevalent at all the parties. It was a huge part of it. We played vinyl and and, and CDs and even reel to reel and all this crazy classic shit they would dig up on huge systems. And it was like the royalty of rock, which is like you know the Stones, the Beatles, the Faces, the Who, Pink Floyd, oh, Jeff so Beck group. Vinyl's coming back, Scott. Vinyl I mean, is we, back in fashion. We, we push vinyl very, very hard from the beginning of our career. We actually got number one vinyls all over uh, all over the world. That's Just sweet. Number one sales in vinyl. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet, sweet. We're, in, we're pushing it. We're into it. That's all. That's how I listen to music anyway at home. I don't. I, I really don't even want to make a CD, to be honest. I either want to download it, so I'm going to have 40 billion songs on my phone, or when I'm home, I want to actually listen to it and mm. do the whole thing. Definitely. Put it on. Yeah. Flip it. Have that have that scratch at the start where it's like before the song starts playing. Yeah, that's cool. It's a it's a good trend, and I hope it lasts. It's not just a trend, but people are are enjoying this enough for it to stick around. <laughs> so, um, have you always been a Gibson man? Like as a fellow like guitarist, I'm, I'm no, a major Fender no. man. So, no, I grew up being a Fender man. I played mostly uh-huh. Strats when I started. Yes, Kellys. <laughs> And I've got I've got kind of everything now. I don't play that many Gibsons. I have two, and they're old older ones. One's a '65, and one is a oh. custom shop thing from like 20 years or whatever. That's and then amazing. I have a '62 uh, Jazzmaster last year slab board that I take out. And then most of the stuff I play are custom. I have these builders I work with, and they're out of control. They're yeah. just like they're out of control. That's guitars awesome. that um, I've kind of dreamt up with these guys, like colors and pickups and caps and everything I wanted to do and binding and, and every detail. So I've had fun with it. I've had a lot of fun with it recently. Now, Scott, you've been in Rebel Suns. I have a really, really, you guys all have a unique style and look. I absolutely love your moustache. Have you always, <laughs> is that just always been you? <laughs> it's so cool. How much gel do you use on that every day? <laughs> Let's say that again. How much gel do you put in your moustache every day? This is. I heard some other other guy at a bar the other night say, "Do you put gel in it?" And I go, "Gel, like hair gel." What you put in it? I'm not putting. How do you get you it? Put, like, no, come on, man. You put proper moustache wax in it. You're kidding. You wake up and pop it in. No. You're kidding. There's a thing called moustache wax. Are you kidding me? Of course. I don't think so we have that in Australia. We have I got those. some. I got some there. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. You learned something. Hey, um, I read that you guys. I read. I was reading articles about you guys. I was doing my research. I read that you got Somebody said you transcend an old school approach with a new school attitude. How do you do this? That sounds like something like MTV would say. I don't know. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was pretty deep. It was emotional. 
Yeah, it's, I don't know, some hipster talk, man. I don't know. We, um. Hipster talk? <laughs> yeah, we, we, um. We, we, we make rock and roll music. Yeah. It's, um, you know, it's honest and, and direct and visceral to the point and, and really try to not bullshit the listener or ourselves when we make it. You know, we, we do it live most of the time on our records too and try to remove any kind of pretension or, or anything like that to make something very pure. I think that's an old school ethos. I think that's an old school idea. And of course it's rock and roll and it's got a lot of soul and blues in it. People don't use that anymore. You call people could put rock and roll and metal and all this stuff like in one category now. It's like, um, like Foo Fighters are rock and roll to people. Yeah. Not really though. They're actually alternative music. Yeah. It's Metallica's like... rock and roll. That's not really rock and roll at all. That's heavy metal. And I like these bands too and everything. Coldplay's rock and roll. It should not be less rock and roll. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what we're doing is actually kind of more like the old school idea of rock and roll where there is blues and there is there is a soul elements and punk elements and, and country elements even maybe like it's really the amalgamation like that where the you still want to you still want to shake your ass you still want to shake your fist it's like rock and roll so I think um, tonally there's some some old school sounds I like to dig into and some old school techniques we like to dig into but at the same time we're using plenty of new stuff and influenced as much by the uh, uh, Jeff Beck group as we are by like Radiohead or something mm. even though you don't hear that coming through they're still going to be there's going to be things that permeate the, the overall sound in the end. So it's we're alive now. It's going to be new, but it's kind of got some some of the traits of our old rock and roll. Awesome. So like majority of music these days is pop. How do you feel you guys are succeeding so much in the music industry? From I think we different... need to succeed a lot more. We're lucky to be where we are, but I mean, for most people, they're just discovering us right now, and we're six records in. And we've been touring hard for six, seven years, you know. So um, I think that's one reason we're, we're probably starting to do well um, and, and get noticed. We've obviously got a lot of people bring us on tour and, and hit us up. That's going to put us in front of a lot of people. But um, I think it really comes down to good rock and roll, good songs, good yeah. songwriting. Um, and I guess people are connecting and hopefully they keep on connecting a lot more. Awesome. So, um, do you have a secret pleasure pop song? Your Justin Bieber or Taylor Swift in there, Scott? <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Um, <laughs> let me think what I'm really... We I went honestly, on your phone right now on the plane flight over to Auckland. Was there a bit of, like, I, I, Kanye in there? No, I didn't do any of that. I didn't do any of that. And I'll do, I'll do hip-hop and pop, too, but I think we brought back... Because I didn't get into it when it initially hit, but I have a, 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 a seven-year-old daughter... Yeah. Oh, okay. And, um, Watch and, out, Harry um, Styles. I mean, so I hear all of it anyway. I, I'm into all of it anyway. So we'll get into all kind of dancey kind of stuff too. That's cool. I want to hear. It. Let's hear what's going down over there. But my daughter's been singing "Hello" by Adele, and it's oh, the most no. adorable thing in the world. <laughs> like, oh. imagine this adorable little girl, and she, I can hear her in her room all by herself. <laughs> I'm going. Oh my god. Does I she have? A, does she have person. a future in music as well? Um, I have two kids. My my son's a, a little older, and he likes to play drums. Yeah. So I put a drum set in his room, and a bunch of other stuff for his friends to play when they come over. And my daughter likes to play guitar and sing. Oh, so sweet. they're they're into it. They're not they're not chasing it down or anything, but 
They are into it, yeah. Now, I, I believe you guys, oh, everything I've like read or any interview, you guys don't really write on the road together as a band. Can you explain this process and how you lock, you go into lockdown in the studio and you all just have all these ideas flow and you get the real rock and roll sound? You've just explained it. Oh, thank That's you. What happened. <laughs> thank you. No, I mean, I'll, I'll write. I'll write myself and not share. And Jay will write on his own and not share. And I know Dave does that as well now. And um, Michael kind of will come up with a bunch of... Uh, like tempos and drum ideas and kind of everyone will backlog their ideas and what they want to contribute and the whole idea was to be like i was saying earlier to be very off the cuff and instinctual and it kind of like you know echoes the rock and roll we love that's how it was made if you think like a chuck perry or a little richard or yeah. like a beatles or a stones or or you know any of those groups from that era, they were working very, very quickly. A group like The Who, they would fly in from yeah. like another another state or whatever, another part of the country, and land just to record and fly back out to do another gig. Yeah, like, you- do a gig, fly in and record, and fly out and do another gig. So, I mean, it was literally happening in hours. <laughs> and there's a there's a magic to that. Is there a pressure? Is there a pressure that. as well, though? Have you ever just gone into like so? Say you go into the studio one day and it was like not got nothing. Have a coffee. Yeah, not so much. <laughs> Sometimes it's a little dry, but mostly we're we're pretty exploding. We're hey. like pretty ready. Especially we've been out for two years with Great Western Valkyrie, so it's it's like um, we we are dying to make new music, make new statements, use new tones, play new guitars, hear things new. Because no, we. Not that we're sick of our music, but we're sick of it. Now, you, we, you, want to be, we want more music, new music. Back to the country influence before. You mentioned there's a little bit of country there. Your last couple of albums been recorded in Nashville. Nashville? Yeah. <laughs> Good on Nashville. Nashville. How, yeah. Oh, what studio were you in there? Because I just went over there for Christmas, and I was just blown away by the the music. That sounds, just everything is music there. It's incredible. It's crazy. Like oh. when you go to like the shopping centers, it's like the, it's just like a, a regular old shopping center with a pet store and like a hardware store. Yeah. But the sign when you pull in is in the shape of a guitar. It is. It's like music is it, music city. all over that city. It, it, it really go, is. Did you There's go to the karaoke bar? Like did it in downtown? Um, did not. I did not. I mean, I've. I, the stuff I do there when I'm not in the studio, if I have my family out or whatever, I'll like do nature stuff there's some beautiful lakes and parks and drives and stuff i usually do that kind of stuff so and i'm mostly on lockdown i'm mostly having to like work long hours while i'm there i'm very lucky to be talking to you at the moment then scott so, like i'm performing with black sabbath like tony iommi is probably one of the biggest and best guitarists going around have you learned much from him or has have you taught him anything or do you play with him? I, I yeah, he, he's learned everything from me. He really <laughs> owes me a lot. So, <laughs> hey, I'm just gonna yeah, ask. Uh, yeah, sorry, go on. Go no, you go ahead. I'm just gonna say <laughs> this wasn't a really planned question, but I've got Alex sitting next to me, and he's an amazing guitarist. But you're also one of his idols, and just in this opportunity, could you just give Alex any piece of advice that you wish you had when you were younger, just to get him, you know, opening for Black Sabbath as well? <laughs> Um, I, I, 
I don't know how to get you to open for Black Sabbath. It probably will never happen because they are never touring again. But <laughs> exactly to a band of this scale, um, that could open. He could open for you. Yeah, <laughs> that could happen. Um, the the advice I would give you as a guitar player or a, a, a business advice would be different. I guess I'd have to know where you are and um, what you're thinking. You know, it's it's not just plain advice like vanilla plain simple advice but i what i do tell a lot of guitar players something that i did from a young age and it been progressed more with it from my own playing is don't only listen to guitar so guitar is your instrument and you could just stop listening to guitar players for a while listen to horn players listen to people uh, uh listen to like the normal just the simplest ones like um or the most blatant ones i mean like miles or coltrane listen to how drums work in music and play like you're thinking how the guitar would translate like a drum this is something james brown said he went to all of his band members like what's your instrument you know and they would say it's a horn incorrect what's your instrument playing the bass wrong and finally what's what's your instrument bobby bird and he's playing um, a few different things that he says, no matter what it is, it's a drum, Mr. Brown. <laughs> so that's the idea. Think of your instrument like a drum. Get super rhythmic with it. Um, listen to voices. Copy the voice, how the voice sounds. Listen to all the, you know, clarinet. Listen to piano. Translate onto the guitar um, those different instruments, and it will open up a lot of doors. Thank you so much for the insight, Scott. That was amazing. Um, yeah. So at the end of this tour, what are your plans? the future <clears throat> um this is a really long tour for us uh, yeah how much longer have you got i mean it, it goes for like a year or something it's crazy no i don't way. know exactly oh. i i only want to know so far out ahead because it's too scary for me to know how long i'm working That's fair, yeah. but um it's, it's really great we have a record coming out called hollow bones it'll be out on june 10th worldwide and we'll be on tour with black sabbath when that happens we'll do a bunch of festivals and stuff i'm sure we're going to come back here hey you no. need to come back to south australia yeah <laughs> i mean because we got to play something besides uh these arenas for black sabbath's audience mostly and yeah. then we only did two two uh, headline gigs and they were crazy it was a uh, cherry bar in, in melbourne no way and i love that place just, how amazing yeah. is that Great. Shout out to James Young. He's man, uh, the owner. He's great. The place oh, was great, but it was so incredible. hot and tight and so many people and the, the walls were sweating. And, oh. I mean, we literally bust in, jumped out of the van, got on stage and we were done right back into the van. To the <laughs> That's really um, and then, so, and that was fantastic. It was, you could not fit one more anything in there at all. And, um, we did the Frankie's pizza. In, in Sydney as well. Did you? I went there. Like, last time I was in Sydney. It's cool as well, isn't it? <laughs> really, really cool. But it was the same thing. You couldn't put, like, you couldn't fit uh, anything in there. That was it. It was I just... Think <laughs> I think we've got the same travel itinerary, Scott. <laughs> we've been to all the same places. <laughs> it was weird. I see. I didn't know. What, what, I don't know what a Frankie's Pizza was. It's in a I'm weird like, spot, okay, isn't well, it? It's kind of that, up that street. Yeah, and... I think it's in a cool spot. I was like, we're playing Olympic Park. I'm looking at my schedule, right? The tour dates. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we're doing this arena, that arena, Perth arena. Blah, blah, blah. I was on and on and on. Okay, we're doing the Olympic, the Olympic Park in Sydney, right? The Olympic Arena. And the next night, we're playing a pizza place. Exactly. And I'm thinking, 
what the hell is it, man? <laughs> like, you know, we've got like the kids pizza joint at home. I don't know if you have it, the Chuck E. Cheese. I'm like, are we playing an arena one night and a Chuck E. Cheese the next night? This is some bullshit. So yeah, yeah. they straightened me out and said, no, 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 this is a rite of passage. You have to play this joint. It is. Like, I said to a busker when I was in Sydney, I've got one night here. Where do I have to go to see some really rocking music? And he goes, Frankie's Pizza. So I was there. I was there. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I mean, it was great. It was great. The people were great there. The crowds were great. It was really, really fun. Anyway, thank you so much, Scott, for calling in. I'm just going to hand it over to Alex to see if there's any last things he wants to talk to you about. And then I'll wrap it up. Um, Fantastic. So what's what's the coolest experience you've had on stage? Um, there's a lot. I have a it's it's a really cool job, man. That's what I'm gonna yeah. tell you. If I had to measure it down to one, it'd be really impossible. I can think of one that comes into my mind right out of the gate. I'm a big Deep Purple fan, yeah. and um, we we toured with those cats for for a couple months and um, for a month and a half, and they were fantastic they their playing was insane yeah. uh and they were the nicest guys and we just made like really close friends with them over that time and we keep in touch still wow. and we when we were playing in nashville they all came out they were recording in nashville and the whole band came out and hung yeah, out. it was just it's insane it's insane so on stage we were finishing the tour we were doing with them it was in europe and we were in london at the london o2 arena and it was sold out and they had asked me to jump up and do smoke on the water. With no, them. oh, you, <laughs> yeah. you know how to make us jealous, Scott. Yeah, that, that would be... <laughs> you know exactly what to do. Yeah, and we never, we, we never talked about it, how we were going to get in and out, who was going to do what. So we, it was literally like an improvised, like nine-minute version where I just we traded solos and I just walked around the stage and got to visit everyone on stage and play. Wow. Smoke on the water, like I was 13 years old again. It was really, really what fun. An oh, that would have been amazing. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Scott, for having a chat to us. We'll let you finish unpacking now. It's been... Yeah, I gotta, I gotta find some dinner around here. You gotta get that moustache, moustache wax. <laughs> it's waxed. Don't worry, it's fine. It's curling. <laughs> hey, thank 